Principal Matters Podcast, episode 212. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast. Each week, I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about strategies for helping Gen Z students with my guest, Dr. Tim Elmore. Dr. Tim Elmore is the CEO and founder of Growing Leaders. He is a best-selling author and an international speaker and a world-renowned expert on millennial and Gen Z trends. He uses his knowledge to equip educators, coaches, leaders, parents, and other adults to impart practical life and leadership skills to young adults that will help them navigate through life. He is also a dear friend. And Tim, it's so great to have you back on Principal Matters. Feel free to fill in the gaps on that intro. And why don't you tell listeners something else that they may be surprised to know about you? Well, I am a popcorn fanatic, Will. So my staple during the quarantine was lots of popcorn. I'm not Uh, surprised because I know when I've been at your offices in Atlanta, you serve popcorn. (laughs) It's true. It's ridiculous. I I wish it was green beans or something. But um, yes, I love popcorn. So I'm glad you do. I'm glad to know that that's a staple, not just when I'm around. uh, I thought that was just special just for me. Well, Tim, I'm so glad to have you back on the show. And listeners, if you're not familiar with Dr. Tim Elmore, you can go back and listen to previous podcast episodes that we've done together. But I just want to uh, assure you that whenever I'm looking for my own leadership mentoring and I'm trying to find perspective on what's happening in the world around me, that I like to lean on Tim Elmore for that perspective, not because Tim's all-knowing, but because he's an authentic leader who has for generations studied what the trends are that we're facing now, comparing them to the trends that we've been through, and then trying to pull us back to what is essential for us to keep in mind. And Tim, that's why I'm so excited about this new book that you just come out with. It's called The Pandemic Population, Eight Strategies to Help Gen Z After Coronavirus. And you have published, seriously, dozens of books analyzing generational trends. So my first question for you today was just gonna be, tell us what prompted you right in the middle of a pandemic to begin sharing lessons that educators can be keeping in mind while they're serving students? Yeah, great question. I think the real answer, Will, was when we all got sent home mid-March of 2020, we all had a little more time on our hands. So our team at Growing Leaders began to call many of the educators that we partner with, and we just asked them what's on their mind, what questions, what challenges, And the phrase that we kept hearing over and over and over from both administrators and teachers was, how do I lead these anxious students when I'm anxious myself? Mm -hmm. So in other words, I wish I had my act together. But so we started thinking this is not as easy as getting through this in a month and we're all back to normal by, by May or April. So, Will, I immediately took advantage of the time that I had, like you often do, and just say, how can I study? How can I collate? the best responses down through history to pandemics, to economic downturns. So, Will, I had so much fun. Actually, it sounds morbid, but I had fun studying the pandemics. This is the fourth pandemic we've gone through in the last 100 years. Wow. So, yeah. So, I just, what it, what did the adults do in each of those times to help those kiddos make it through with resilience and grit? I interviewed Great Depression kids, Will. I interviewed my dad and the whole retirement village at Mount Miguel 
uh, in San Diego and what did they do to help you when you were seven years old in the Great Depression? And let me tell you, the adults had some very intentional methods. They wouldn't let kids become victims. In fact, many of the kids back then, they're now 85 or 90 years old, many of them said, we didn't even know we were in a Great Depression, which I think is wonderful. Yeah. Today, we're so, you know, savvy to what's going on. We, we all feel like victims. And anyway, so that's what drove me. I had some time and I thought if we can create a resource that collates the best research on how to help these kids get on the other side of this with not PTSD, but PTG, post-traumatic growth. And that's, that's the goal of the book. Well, and Tim, what I appreciate too is so much of the work that frankly, I'm doing and other school leaders are doing right now is trying to figure out strategies for implementing school, reopening school in pandemic settings with hybrid and in-person and in remote and all of the different variables. But what I appreciate about your work is that there's a lot of menus out there for people to choose strategies for implementing the reopenings of schools, but very few people have taken time to really just stop and ask those questions. What have we learned from past experiences and crisis that we can apply right now? And so I know you have several strategies that you unpack in the book, and I don't know how many of them you want to just list here, but then I'd, I'd like to have a quick overview of them, but then maybe just grab one or two and to unpack for listeners in this setting. Of course, I would love for them to check out your book, but what are some of those strategies as you were looking at history and talking to people from past crisis that you think are going to be helpful for students now? Well, the first one, Will, thanks for asking, by the way. The first one, I think, is almost predictable, maybe elementary, but maybe it's so elementary we pass by it. It's helping the staff and faculty, as well as the students, see the silver linings in the dark clouds. It is so easy to be negative. It's the easiest time in my lifetime to be negative right now, with pandemics, protests, and panic attacks everywhere we look. Mm -hmm. But um, you know what my mother was really good at doing when I was growing up? And it was seeing the silver lining. So I suggest teachers or principals get students to sit down and make a pro and con list. What's been the good things? What's been the bad things? Because we do need an accurate memory. We need to get on the other side, not with rose-colored glasses, but say, boy, this was hard. But look what happened. Um, and by the way, can I sidebar this real quick? You know, Will, that I've enjoyed telling the Isaac Newton story during this quarantine. Uh, listeners, you may or may not know, Isaac Newton was at Cambridge University when the Great Plague of London broke out and people were sent home to quarantine when he was a 22-year-old student. It was while he was in quarantine, he invented calculus. We might not even have calculus today had it not been for, a, for a, you know, an epidemic that broke out that gave him time to come up with that. He actually came up with the law of gravity and the laws of motion uh, and his theories on optics while he was in that quarantine. So what if we could tell our kids, these students, I mean, look what might happen if we took advantage of this weird time we're in. And I mean to tell you, I think Gen Z is just savvy enough, they would come up with something mm -hmm. and who knows what it might be. You've got great kids, Will. Who knows what they might come up with if we said, let's turn this disadvantage into an advantage. So that would be one thought. Here's one more real quick. Um, I mentioned a term just a minute ago, PTSD and PTG. Mm -hmm. So we've all heard about post-traumatic stress disorder, and we're predicting that millions of kids around the world will probably come through this horrible time with PTSD, and they might. But did you know that four out of five trauma cases 
end up in PTG, post-traumatic growth. It's an actual psychological term. We just never hear about it because bad news travel faster than good news. You know, we hear about PTSD all the time. So post-traumatic growth is when a person goes through trauma, and this is trauma, but on the other side, they have a caring colleague, teacher, counselor, or someone walk them through and process it. And usually here's what happens in your brain. You go through the hard time and you may be very negative at first, but when time passes and you get to talk about it, you and I both know, Will, you start saying, well, actually, there was a good thing that happened. You know, actually, there was, you know, some positive that came. And now you're able, but you have to process it. So the trauma doesn't bring on growth. It's what you do with the trauma. So can I just say to every principal or teacher listening, um, we've got to have times and spaces where we really let these kids vent a little bit and say, yeah, this was, it was hard, but who knows what might happen? And then we guide them into PTG. Um, and actually the chances are very high. Like I said, 80% of the time, people come on the other side of a war or a battle or a POW experience or whatever, if they get with someone that walks them through and takes them on a truth walk. So mm -hmm. I'll stop there, Will, but I just, I've, we've got to lead these kids well. I am determined to help as many as possible do it well. So I'm hoping this book will help. Oh, I think it will. And let's, let's back up just a little bit, Tim, because as you think about the, the I love that idea of the pros and cons of yeah. thinking of the, of the things that have been both the challenges, but also the potentials for growth. And so I'd just love to pick your brain for just a moment, because I know you've been having these conversations with, with your own team. You've been having them with yeah. educators and you guys have been trying to think about how to apply them to students. But what are some things that are going through your own mind in your own experience with this pandemic that have been pros for you and cons for you? How, how are you balancing those two lists? Yeah, well, um, the cons are obvious. Well, you're, a, you're part of our speaking team and you, you've just got your own platform, but you know, speaking events, <laughs> they just look different right now. That was a big line item on our budget in FY19 and FY20, and it's just different now. So we're really learning like, so many other organizations to pivot and to rethink, you know, if we were to walk out of the building and come back in and say, we're starting over, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. So we're learning to do that. But let me dig a little bit deeper on something that might be fun to banter on. I've been reading quite a bit over the last couple of years, even prior to COVID-19, about our memories. And um, most people think their memories are accurate whenever they remember a vacation in the summer of 99 or whatever, and the truth of the matter is our, our memories are not only inaccurate, but they're reconstructed. Every time we tell a story about that big fish we caught, you know, whatever, that it gets bigger, you know, Uncle Charlie's big fish that he caught back in the, you know, 20 years ago. So we're saying, how can we as educators help everyone around us, our families, our students, not only have an accurate memory, but a positive narrative? That's what, that's what our goal should be, everybody. Accurate memory, positive narrative. So the reconstruction of our memory can be, yes, it was hard, but, and so um, I think it does involve a pro and con list, Will. I think it also involves the silver lining I brought up earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I think it also uh, lends itself to hearing stories about Isaac Newton type people who completely had a turnaround. And Isaac Newton becomes a professor within two years in his 20s because of what he got to do during that black death thing that happened in Europe yeah. hundred years ago. So anyway, I'll stop there, but that's, I'm thinking a lot about memories that everybody's gonna have a memory of 2020 
And for many people, you know, Will, it's going to be bad. This was a bad year. We should have canceled 2020. I've heard people say that. And I'm going, what if we didn't cancel 2020? What if it actually became the wake-up call that our school needed so desperately before all this started? But it was business as usual. And this became the greatest year of our career because, because it forced us to rethink everything. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, Tim, my listeners have, uh, you know, this is episode 212 or 13, whatever I said at the <laughs> yeah. beginning of the top. So a lot of them are, have become old friends. And so I like to just share my heart with them too. And, and as you've been saying that, I've been thinking about the last several, you know, the last five or six months of this craziness and this quarantine, because early on, those, those were some of the things you were saying early on when this pandemic began. I remember yeah. some of the very first communications that you sent out were, guys, stop for a minute and ask yourself, what can you take advantage of in this yeah. moment that you may not be able to in any other moment? And I just want to tell you some things that I did prompted by those thoughts. Um, I, uh, I'm a musician, so I took some time to sit down and put together um, some recordings on piano and guitar of some of my favorite hymns, just some stuff I've always wanted to do for family and friends, but I've just never found the time. And so I made the time because I had the time. I wasn't traveling. I wasn't flying places. And so I took the time and, and um, um, I'm also uh, getting ready to, to uh, put out my next book. And so I was able to wrap up uh, the the content for that, which thank you so much for, for reading it and endorsing it. I appreciate that. That book's coming out, uh, well, really, by the time this recording comes out, it'll already be released. So, um, so when I think about the, in my own personal life, how I tried to harness this opportunity, the, the bigger question is how do we help educators harness this opportunity yeah. too? And, and as I'm talking to leaders who are working with teachers, so many of them are beginning to see their teachers doing things, frankly, they didn't know they were capable of doing, mm, you know, seeing yeah. them shifting in ways that they've never had to shift before, seeing them embracing new technologies in ways that they've never had to embrace before. And so my question is, how can we apply that to our kids? How can we take that from, uh, from our own growth to the growth of those who we, we train and lead to the growth of our, of our students? Yeah. And, um, and I know that as you are shifting in the work that you guys are doing in growing leaders, a lot of those same lessons that you've been teaching through habitudes, a lot of those same lessons that you've been teaching about resilience and character and integrity, they don't go away. They yeah. just have to be, they're just being applied in a new way um, yeah. in, in this pandemic too. No doubt. Will, I think you and I agree the need for some of the fundamentals that you and I have believed in and taught has never been great. The need for social and emotional learning has never been greater in a classroom. And I believe reading, writing, arithmetic are important for, for sure. But boy, we may not get to the reading, writing, arithmetic unless we really help kids manage their emotions, resolve the conflict both outside and inside of themselves. And that's what we're, what we're after. And so, yeah, I, we're, well, we're just committed. Yeah, We are. And, and so, Tim, I, I wanted to transition there and, and ask you, because I use this quote a lot, but since I'm s- sitting in the room with the author of this quote, um, at least the one who I stole it from, um, talk a little bit with listeners about the power of understanding both the timely and the timeless because yeah. your because your new book to me is such a good example of of both of those worlds yeah um i just believe that leaders today in the 21st century have to be timely and timeless and that simply means timely in the sense that we have our ear to the ground and we know what's going on in culture uh, and that's specifically true during this time of pandemic and protests all over the country, all over the world, and, uh, and anxiety. Will, I just read 
the CDC just released some numbers a couple of weeks ago that we're all reading about the CDC these days. Did you know that one out of every four young adults has contemplated suicide in the last month? Mm. Not one out of 10, one out of four. So this is clearly have a bigger impact than it might be on you and I that felt like, oh, we got to be with our wives a little bit more these time, you know, this day. These kids are troubled and they feel postponed and penalized, at least the high schoolers, maybe not the seventh graders or seven year olds, but we, we've got to find a way to help them find hope at the end of this. So that's definitely on my mind for sure. So that's the timely. The timeless part is, listeners, I think we could all agree there's some timeless values and virtues we dare not leave behind that maybe grandma and grandpa taught us back in the day that we think it is now more necessary than ever. So while we need to progress forward, progress forward into new technology, new Zoom platforms, maybe, I don't know, we also need to carry with us in our, in our backpack, our mental backpack, these lessons that need to be learned, um, like social emotional learning, like discipline, um, like character. So that's my timely and timeless well, and I just think it's just more true now than ever. Well, Tim, thank you so much for those amazing takeaways. Principal Matters listeners, I just want to remind you that this new book, The Pandemic Population, Eight Strategies to Help Gen Z Students Recover Hope After the Coronavirus, is available now. Am I correct, Tim? Yes, it is available. It, it's available now, and you can find it, I'm sure, on the Growing Leaders website. Tim, why don't you give them a little bit of feedback of what, where they can find this book, as well as your other resources, and how listeners can stay connected with you. Sure. Thanks, Will. Well, if this seems helpful and relevant, listeners, um, growingleaders.com is our nonprofit website, and there's lots of free stuff on there and ideas but the book, The Pandemic Population, can also be found there. You can also just go to pandemicpopulation.com and uh, find it there. And it's the same price as Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. But um, that's where you can find it. And, Will, we've just found that, that teachers are now very aware that the, the issues that we're talking about are paramount. This is not a luxury anymore. It's a necessity. So I want to encourage you, if it's helpful, get it for all your faculty or whatever. I know that sounds like a sales pitch. I apologize, but it's just a, a tool that's going to help them in the classroom. Well, let me get, give you one insight. One insight that I just heard a teacher say that she's using more than that. It's one of the eight. Help your students practice psychological distancing. We know what social distancing is. Psychological distancing is when you got, a, let's say, a middle school or high school kid, and they're just really in anguish. They're just anxious about everything that's going on. Most of those kids know what to do. They're just not practicing what to do. So psychological distancing is where you get with them and you say, if you had a friend that was feeling really anxious, what would you tell them? And of course they have the answer. Well, what you need to do is, you know, they're a YouTube star. They know exactly what to do, you know? And then you say, okay, look in the mirror, go, go do that, what you know yourself. This is, this is what a Gen Z kid probably knows the answer. They're just not doing the answer. And we need to be the guides that take them to the answer they already know. That's fantastic. And I should have mentioned at the top of the show, Tim, that there is some noise going on in the backgrounds today yes. because I'm, I'm uh, recording this from a school and you are recording this from a construction site. And so, so, so listeners, if you've been hearing some noises in the background, it's not any different than what's happening in your place right now because I know a lot of you are teaching under crazy conditions, yes. whether in person or remote. Well, Tim, uh, thank you so much for the work that you're doing for leaders across the U.S. and the world. Um, and I'm so excited about uh, getting a copy of this book and sharing it with others and Principal Managed listeners. 
please check out Tim's website and his other resources and this new book. And as always, thanks for doing what matters. And we'll talk to you soon. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com.